0: back into the great Scott show ESPN life. He had the best ticket in sports on a gimme all you got Friday and joining me now. First time he has been on the show. Some of his, um, co-workers have been on plenty. You guys know Seth Lewis, Megan Glover's been on, been waiting to have him on for a while. Jamarcus Fitzpatrick of KTC TV three. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hey man. Great to be
1: here. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Always listening to your stuff and looking at your content over Twitter, man. So it's great to be here.
0: Yeah, man. So, um, you know, for for our listeners, they might see you on TV, but fill us a little bit on your background, like where you grow up and and why why sports.
1: So I'm a kid from Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, born and raised. So Louisiana has been my whole life. Uh, Grew up playing sports, uh, played a little bit of basketball, but football kind of just stuck for me. That was my love. Um, I played in middle school, played in high school at the best high school in the state of Louisiana. Right. C.E. Bird High School. Uh, yeah, no, hands down. He's still repping hard. Still repping. Jacket Pride, citywide, statewide, and worldwide. We love it. Um, and then after that, I got a chance to play uh, Division Three football at Louisiana College, now Louisiana Christian, um, and played there for four seasons, and then the NFL dreams didn't happen, so I had to figure out how I could kind of stay connected to sports um, and still have something that I could compete in and uh, just still get that drive that I got and passion in sports. And here I am working in TV. You know, I was kind of a shy kid growing up, but I when I did speak, people listened. And so because I had that ability, you know, I used it and put it in the TV, and now you have me here.
0: What position did you play?
1: Offensive line. There you go. Yeah. Down to the big uglies. The big down, uglies getting down to the lather the them up, man. Let yes. them get after it. Yes, I love it, man. That's why, like, you know, when I get a chance to do stories on old linemen, man, I'm I'm really into that then because I know what it's like going through that, um, being the offensive lineman, kind of being the guys that have to set the tone for the game and all of those good things like that. So
0: Right on. Jamarcus um Fitzpatrick, I guess. So who's your favorite offensive lineman of all time and why?
1: Oh, <sighs> Uh, I'm going to probably have to say Larry Allen um, because he was just so big, mean, and nasty. Um, he was strong as an ox. Um, the, the the team that I grew up watching because of my dad was the Dallas Cowboys, uh, so y'all don't try to knock me for that. I was a Cowboys fan because that was in Shreveport. You know how the, the geometric line he's, is. He's
0: setting it up. He's, he's putting you up can, his,
1: his self-defense right You can now. only get Saints games whenever they're, you know, I guess playing I've Dallas. I've heard or, that
0: since change
1: though. I've heard it's not like that anymore. It probably Is that has. Accurate. It probably has. But you know, I I know growing now, up, like it was. It was uh, how, Dallas. So
0: so you're a young guy. I mean, how old are you? Twenty five. See, like it, w- with respect, it must suck to be a twenty five year old Cowboys fan <laughs> because your whole life well, the they thing. they haven't been good. Or that's I, the thing. They've had a few seasons here or there, but they're always and like part of it comes with it's the Cowboys, right? They are yeah. the. They are the team that's covered more than any other in the league. They're polarizing. They're yeah. either loved or hated. But, like, I don't think, and you can, if you feel differently, you can tell me, I don't think there's a franchise in the NFL anyway that over-delivers and underperforms more than the Dallas Cowboys in the last 25 years. No, I got to agree during with you. in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got to agree with you, and that's one of the reasons why I guess – I'm not really a fan of any team right now because, like, I think once I got to college, you know, we were so wrapped up in, you know, meetings and weights and all that. Like, when the Cowboys would come on, it would be, like, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. We were in a meeting. Like, I didn't get to watch any of the game. And then, like, when I would see it, they were losing. And I think it was, like, the season right before they drafted Zeke and Dak. And so I was like, ah man, you know, just whatever with them. And then once I got working in the sports, you know, I'm watching the Saints all the time then because I'm working. And so, you know, I'll switch over and see what the Cowboys are doing and like you said they're underperforming. And so I kind of just was like, "Well, man, you know, let's just let's just not have a team and be able to just enjoy Sundays without having to be so locked so in on one how team." Does your
0: dad feel about that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, he uh
1: he was a he was a huge Cowboys fan not too long ago actually. He passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, no no problem, man. But uh he was a huge Cowboys fan, but I told him that and uh you know he 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 dealt with it the best way he could. Uh, it wasn't no like oh I'm gonna kick you out of the house <laughs> and nothing like that. But uh, he loved him. I mean I like I said the the first football that I caught was a Dallas Cowboys football, so it was always around me. All my uncles, all of those are Cowboys fans. So
0: well, I'll say this. You know I know you're not a fan. If they ever actually live up to the hype, I'm sure there'll be a special connection between you and your late father. I know you'll be yes. thinking about him. And so you know that's the beautiful thing about sports. It's passed down and the yeah. fact that. I like that you got it from your dad. Yeah. You know, what annoys me is when I meet a Cowboys fan that's like, we're going
1: to the Super Bowl.
0: This I, is our like year. They, they didn't year. Ha- it's not passed on from the family. Yeah. It's just like, well, I mean, they won a lot when I was little. I'm like, cool. Like, <laughs> you're not little it? anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right, right. Or that's the only reason you started? Or it's just, I like the the helmet. Okay, all right. But you're, you know, you're from somewhere. I will say this, though. As I've
1: covered the Saints, been to Saints games been around Saints fans, like, there's just nothing like the city of New Orleans and the way that people embrace the players, the players embrace the city. Like, you can really feel the love in that community, and it's just so amazing. Uh, From the stories that you get to tell, I think about a guy like Demario Davis um, that's just been so in tune with the community and the things that he's done to be able to give back. I think about Drew Brees and just how impactful he was, you know, coming in from the Chargers after that trade and the city embraced him. He helped to bring a Super Bowl here. Uh, nobody wanted to come to New Orleans after the hurricane happened, and he comes in, and is the the franchise's loved quarterback now. So that's what I love about the Saints so much. It,
0: it, it's – I haven't been a, a Saints fan my entire life, and, like, my mom grew up down the street from Tulane Stadium. She was at mm-hmm. the first game ever. My uncle was there selling beer. Like, growing up, it was not always like that. Not to say that there weren't always Saints fans, because there were. Yeah. And the Ains thing was real. The paper bag thing was, but it, it's it's a little exaggerated in, in terms of just how many wore it. Yeah. But, like, there was there was a time where it was like, you would... I would never use the word apathy, but there wasn't a connection. It was like, here they, here they go again. Like, Saints are going to blow it again, or typical Saints, yada, yada, yada. Um, they're a cent from like bottom feeder to one of the more respectable winning franchises in the league, just in terms of wins and losses. I know there's only one Super Bowl in there. Yeah. The timing of it for when the city came back from Katrina, Mm -hmm. it just, you can't, you can't like create that in a lab. There's something so organic and real about it. You know, to say that there's always been Saints fans. Absolutely. Uh, to say that it was the same relationship in like 96 is Oh six. There's just, there's no way. No way. It's not, um, and uh, and since then, you know, they've they've won a lot. Probably should have won more than one Super Bowl, but boy, it's nice to be on that list and not one of the 12 that's never won one. Man, yeah. I was yeah. having the discussion yesterday, uh, earlier this week, I guess Wednesday, about, you know, of the 12 teams that have never won one, who's the closest? Like probably Buffalo, maybe. Some yeah. might say Cincinnati. Some might say the Chargers, whatever, the Titans. What team do you feel like, Look you, you could live another sixty years and they're just not going to win a super Bowl I f- man uh I mean, the lions jags Browns I feel like it's they've either never between, even been to a Super Bowl I feel like it's either the between Detroit
1: and Cleveland I, I just don't know. I feel like if you don't have a logo on your helmet that kind of just it eliminates you from anything because who wants the Super Bowl to be? A logo versus an orange helmet. Like I think that just You don't kinda, like the Browns the Browns helmet. It's just it's so
0: like come up with something like anything. Like I don't I don't know. <laughs> it, it, team see teams like that, when they have a pocket of success, they inevitably just screw it up. Yeah. I mean the Browns came close a few times and then, you know, they fumbled it away in the eighties and they don't like John Elway there. And then they were bad and then they got moved to Baltimore and then they got a team back and then just Ineptitude couldn't do anything. I mean, it was only 15 months ago they finally they won a playoff game against yeah. their big brother who always bullied them. Then they're in Kansas City and Mahomes gets hurt. It's like guys, you still don't. Do You've got so much fortune right now. <laughs> like you got a strike. This, <laughs> is, yeah. it. this yeah. is it. This is it because it might had not come Chad, again. <laughs> Chad any and now you go you fast forward. Now Jamarcus, they're probably going to pay 65 million dollars to two quarterbacks this year that aren't going to play for them at all. Like that's that. See. That would happen to the Browns, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's the only <laughs> franchise I could think of that something like that could happen. You sign a guy that's in the situation that he's in, you know that coming in, and you pay him all this money. It's kind of just
0: wasting money, yeah. so to speak. It'd and I feel like the Saints and, and the Falcons, they should all be called out for it. I mean, I was like, I'm not exonerating him, but... Yeah. Oof. I mean, the Browns, 235 mil guaranteed, and You're Baker's our Baker's bad us. and all that, no. and then they're like, yeah, they'd, he they haven't even called us. It's it's not good, but that's the Cleveland Browns. I hope it's the Falcons. I hope they never win anything. <laughs> I just, you got to hold that over them forever. Yeah. It's just great stuff. Uh, Jamarcus Fitzpatrick from KTC TV3 is our guest this morning. We're going to have a little On 5 draft later on just underrated. That's all it is, just underrated. We're going to have some fun with that. But uh, so you grew up, rooted for the Cowboys, had that connection with your dad, played offensive line. You know, you bring up offensive line, and looking at UL heading into this season, I can tell you, Jamarcus, covering the team as long as I have, the strength that they've always had from Ricky Bussell to Mark Husbit to Billy Napier was the offensive line. It yep. was one of the best in the Sun Belt year after year. Even in seasons where they, they struggled, they still had a really good offensive line. Yeah. That is the biggest question mark for me heading into Coach Desimo's first season as head coach. And when people ask me, you know, how do you think the Cajuns are going to do this year? I just keep harping on that. I've said, look, if they had some injuries, they lost some players, if their O-line can be up to par, uh, uh, you know, close to what it's been over the last, shoot, 17, 18 years, then I think they'll be in the Sun Belt West, which is, much weaker than East, I think yeah. they'll absolutely be a contender. Definitely. If they struggle on the O-line, all bets are off. I mean, I, I feel like looking at them on paper anyway, that's the big key for me. What do you see with the O-line, being a former O-lineman yourself, and what do you just what is your expectation for UL football in 2022?
1: Well, you know, kind of like you mentioned, uh, when it comes to setting the tone of how a team is, it starts in the trenches. Like, it's so cliche, but it really is because – Your running back can't be good if you can't push the line of scrimmage, just like your defense can't be good if your defensive line can't hold off blocks. Um, I think for UL, uh, they did lose some guys in their center, Shane Vallow. uh, But I do believe that a guy like David Hudson, uh, Carlos Rubio, is coming back off of an injury, Mm -hmm. uh, can come in and be major leaders, major contributors to saying, hey, to these young guys that are coming in, I know you guys might not have much playing experience, but this is how we do it. I remember uh, when I first got here during fall camp around August, um, and we got a chance to interview uh, Carlos over an interview over Zoom, and one of the things he mentioned was just about how they, as an offensive line, have a culture of finishing. And so I think that's something that's kind of passed down within that that particular skill group or that, that group. Um, and being able to do that, I think that, they're still going to be able to do just fine. I think having a running back like Chris Smith that can, you know, tote the pill for him and do what he does so special, uh, the receiving core is is so deep. I mean, there's so many guys that I can't even name all of them because I know there's so many. A lot of experience there. A ton of experience, lot of experience there. Experience. So, I mean, uh, of course, the big question that everybody's going to be talking about is who's going to start at quarterback. Um, but I think that Coach Dez and company know what they want in their guy. We've heard him say that multiple times. Um, and I think that, They're going to make the right decision when it comes time for week one when they play Southeastern. And uh, I think that this team could win the West again. I think that they have the ability uh, and the skill set to do it. You talk about on their defense too, they've got guys on the defensive line that are coming back like Zion Hill, Andre Jones. Uh, Their linebacking core is still really stout when you think about guys leading like Chris Moncrief. um, And their secondary as well um, is really, really stout as well. They've got new guys coming in playing mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I think this team uh, can really still do something special. I know it's kind of like hard to you know, follow up after a season. You have the longest winning streak in the country. You win 13 straight. You win the Sun Belt West. You finally get that Sun Belt Championship, and then you have to somehow live up to those expectations the very next year. I know that's a lot of pressure for those guys, but I think that this team uh, is ready to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, if if the o line is 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 good, then I think they can accomplish all that and more. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Chris Smith. Uh, I, lo- I I like Chris a lot. You know, I enjoy his Mississippi accent. I yeah. like hearing him talk about hunting and fishing. I want to give a shout out to him. I don't. I don't think he would even know that I know this or care. But you know, you talk about NIL deals and college players and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, right now, it's it's a dead period, right? The players aren't reporting to fall camp. It's summer. They can get work if they want. Yeah. So, I'm working at Baskin-Robbins. Baskin-Robbins. Just, yeah. like, just working his tail off in there. Like, people are in there. Like, they don't know who he is. I'm like, I knew who he was. You know, yeah. my kids were there. And I was I was admiring it. And I know it's not unique. I know there are a lot of college players like that, but... You know, that's an all-conference player. That's the guy that two seasons ago was an All-American on a number of teams yep. as a returner. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in there. He's got a little bit of off time, and he's working his tail off. I yep. mean, hats off, man. Respect.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, guys like that, just being leaders, having grit to, you know, do like you said and go out and get an extra job, um, that's important, man, to have leaders like that on your team. That helps to be able to set the culture that they have set.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Jamarcus Fitzpatrick, I guess. So we're talking expectations. What about... LSU first year head coach, Brian Kelly. It's the SEC. It's LSU is it's hard for me to I'm having trouble prognosticating the Tigers this season because right. you go from best team in arguably history yeah. to really rough years. Yeah. Huge transition. Mm-hmm. You got some new quarterbacks, but then Miles Brennan comes back. It, it, it's, there's a lot of question marks for me, and I I have they're just – I wouldn't bet on LSU is my thing, at least not before the season. I wouldn't take a futures on them because I kind of look at them. I mean, help me out. I got i got no yeah. i got no fuel for the Tigers. What are you thinking?
1: So I really believe that this team, uh, starting off, if I had to give a number, I think they can get about nine or ten wins. I think that um, they still have a lot of guys that are playmakers. You think about guys just from here, Westgate's Bute, uh, you know, STM's Jack Besh. Uh, South sides Malik Neighbors that leads the charge in that receiving core. Um, I think the biggest thing, which was emphasized a lot in the spring, is the run game. How can they stack up in being able to run the football? And it's not about, can you run the football 50 times like the way it used to be back in the day, but it's, can you be balanced? Can you, you know, when you're throwing the ball 30 times, can you also hand it off 25 times to where people can't predict what you're doing on offense Um, I think quarterback wise with Miles Brennan being the oldest guy in the room um, I think it's his job to lose in my personal opinion obviously you have Garrett Nussmeyer behind him who played you have Jaden Daniels coming out of Arizona State uh, to give a push as well but I think it's his job to lose because he's the oldest he knows the program in and out
0: he's been there six six years 2017 I think this is year seven maybe I think it's I think it's year six. You might be right. He had a red shirt, then he had the, the extra year. Yeah, so, yeah. so oh. I think it's that because I remember
1: uh, during the Manning Passing Academy. Yeah, you're uh, right. This the is sound that he gave. Yeah.
0: He was there when Les Miles was still the head coach. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you know, and then Miles got fired in the middle of the season. But that's how long Brendan's been there.
1: Yeah. Well, he's seen it all. He's he really seen, seen. He's seen them from the lowest point, the national championship, and now – to trying to be a team that's rebuilding and resurfacing. But what I like so much about Brian Kelly is he presents a lot of structure um, and he gives them what LSU seemed to not have from what we heard last season of the end of the Ed Orgeron era. Um, I think now he's coming in and trying to reshift the focus of these players and letting them know like this is the standard, resetting the standard of LSU. Like everybody knows that the standard is you go in and you win. Yeah. You win the SEC. You win the SEC championship, you compete for a championship. Um, I think for Coach Kelly, his expectations for this team is high, and I believe LSU fans have to have high expectations every year because they are fans. Um, realistically, though, I think that this team can get
0: 10 wins. If they get 10... I, I think that would be a, a big success for year one, considering yeah. you know what's happened the last two years.
1: Yeah. 10. Now, the, the thing that's so difficult about it now is the recruiting standpoint that's going forward. Um, People talk about NIL and how LSU can be able to compete. You think about just now, Arch Manning has already committed to Mm -hmm. Texas. Just the other day, Derek Williams commits to Texas uh, as well. And so you lose some top guys like that. I was listening to the uh, Jordy Kalati show down there in Baton Rouge, and he was saying how, uh, you know, that's a tough break to go through where you're coming in. You're already behind in recruiting. You try to catch some of those guys and you lose them in recruiting. How do you kind of bounce back? But I think Brian Kelly might have a plan. Uh, I think the transfer portal is going to help him a lot. He's already utilized it a whole bunch, um, so I think it can help him.
0: Yeah, and 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 Walker Howard, you know, that's uh, that was one he didn't lose, and I think that'll yeah. be a really good one for him. Um, all right, Saints expectations. I I I don't. Th- I think they're going to be better down the stretch. And I think in the NFC, I think they can get into the playoffs. Yeah. However long they're missing Alvin Kamara, though, that's going to be a big blow.
1: Yeah, we've, um, we're hearing six games right now. I mean, like you said, that's, that's tough because you got 17, game, 17 weeks uh, in the season. He's um, their best
0: player. I mean, you best take player. the best player off a team. But I, I do think that in the NFC, it's not that strong. I mean, compar- comparatively to the AFC, I think it's going to be a much stronger conference. Mm-hmm. I think the Saints have a great defense. I think the Saints have great special teams. Last year, they were great on special teams except in one area, mm-hmm. and that was kicker, but they were missing their Pro Bowl kicker. Yeah. Having him back, so then it goes on the offense, and, you know, I had some questions. What do you can get a Jarvis Landry on a $3 million deal? Um, I have questions about tight end. I have questions about running back when Kamara's out. But if they get into the postseason, I I feel like they have the ingredients to to win there. And if they win, you know, playoff game, they hadn't won a ton in history—maybe nine, ten tops. I think off the top of my head, I think it's I think it's ten ever. You you don't have a lot, right? If you can get a playoff win this year, I, I guess, Jamarcus, what I'm getting at is hear people saying, "Oh, you just need to start over," or "Why are, Why are they trading assets?" It's like, why are they trying to win? Yeah, like, well, it's they're a not now. a favorite to win at all. Like, okay, so they should just like throw in the towel and just try to rebuild like no that's not their mindset um, I think the Saints can have a, a fair amount of success next season um, I think they'll have a winning record I do think they'll be in the playoffs but they need to be able to hold down the four when Kamara's out I mean that's the big thing
1: no doubt about it and then you got to look at too Jameis Winston is coming off of that that injury last season um, you know we, we make fun of his Instagram workout videos all the time but the guy is putting in work to be able to come back and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I can. I got a feeling that Jameis Winston might be your comeback player of the year. Oh,
0: you're calling it right now, Jamarcus. I'm calling it right He's now. Calling it comeback we player of the it. year. Right here on July 1st, he is calling it. Jameis Winston comeback player of the year. I, I water a watermark it. There it is, <laughs> man. I, I don't see my thing on Jameis is. I think that. One area that, that he hasn't been consistent in, and I'm not talking about turnovers. That always goes without being said, right? Whatever. Like, clean it up. He didn't turn it over a lot last season when he played. Mm-hmm. It's the short to intermediate pass between the numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, between the hash marks, he has not been statistically average in that regard. Mm-hmm. He's been much better outside the numbers and down the field. You got Michael Thomas and you got Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, who would have been, the perfect slot receiver for Drew Brees, but uh, for Jameis, it's not like he's been called upon to throw that a ton. Jamarcus, I really think it's the number... I think if he passes that test with with a good grade, let's say he passes it with an A, he goes from... I don't even want to say incumbent starter, but he goes from quarterback of the present to also quarterback of the future. Because right now, he's not the quarterback of the future for the Saints. He's the quarterback of right now. That's it. It's still, I mean, you look at the contract, you look at them looking around. We talked about, you know, Deshaun Watson and all that. Like, they've kind of shown how they feel about him right now. Yeah. If he can master that part of it, the short to intermediate route with those guys, I, I really do think, a lot of other things will unlock for him and it's going to help the offense a lot. And, you know, he doesn't have to be amazing because, again, I think defensively and special teams wise, they the they've no. got it. So he just has to go in there and, and, you know, not turn it over a ton and move the sticks. And if he can move it on those third downs and move it consistently, and I think that short to intermediate pass between the hash marks, I think that's where if he does that, then I think it can be a big year for Jameis. If he's below average there, like he's been in his career statistically, then I I don't know if he's going to be the long-term quarterback. Yeah. I think that
1: uh, the way that he does – here's the thing about the offense. Um, They're not going to change philosophies very much because of who they have at OC now, Carmichael. Having him still there who's been under Sean Payton and understands what Sean Payton did, I don't think it's going to be a very much big changeover – for what Jameis was doing last year. So he's going to come in. He already kind of has an idea of what the offense looks like and the expectations they have. He's got a new toy in Jarvis Landry to use. He'll have Michael Thomas finally back in the lineup. Um, And I think that he'll be able to do those things that he needs to with those intermediate passes. And we know he can throw it downfield. We know he can do that. And whenever Kamara comes back, you add that
0: into the mix, hey, man, there's no telling. All right, here's the last thing on the Saints and why I think I didn't have high expectations of them last year, and they they surpassed them. They didn't make the playoffs, but they surpassed my expectations and, and had a whole lot of bad cards dealt to them. Look at the quarterbacks they're playing, all right? You got the Falcons. Was that Mariota week one? Yeah. Tom Brady week two. Yeah, he's pretty good. Saints have done pretty good against them, though. They have. Week three, Sam Darnold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got Kirk Cousins after that in London. I mean, Kirk. I call him the Times New Roman font of starting quarterbacks. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, you'll you'll do it. You'll you'll use it, but there's nothing about it that's like, ooh, look at this, look at this font. This is different. This is cool. It's like, no, he is he is about as I liked it boring (laughs) as it gets. And like, not bad, not great. Just it gets the job done sometimes. (laughs) Times New Roman font. You know, if you want to just go unnoticed and uh, be kind of boring. Uh, Seahawks after that, probably Geno Smith. Bengals, all right, Burrow's pretty good. Cardinals, who knows, with Kyler Murray, like who knows? Raiders, Derek Carr's good. Ravens, Lamar's good. Steelers, who's going to be their quarterback?
1: Mason Get Rudolph, them. rookie.
0: You got the Rams. And you got the Niners. You don't know who their quarterback's going to be. You got Brady again. Then you got the Falcons. You got the Browns. They might not even have a quarterback. Yeah. Then you got the Eagles, who are the only team in the NFL that consistently run against the Saints really well. So who knows what will happen. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's not – you wouldn't put him in, like, the upper echelon, like, top-ten quarterback. Like, you you better – you know. I mean, he beat the Saints. I'm giving him his credit. Yeah. My point is he's not a guy – you are not looking at them like Aaron Rodgers or or Lamar Jackson or one of these guys. You are like, uh oh, yeah. And then you got the Panthers again. Like, there are a lot of quarterbacks on that schedule that are just kind of like, all right, Saints defense. Like, like I said, Jameis, I don't know that he's going to have to do a ton uh, for them to win some games. And when I when I look at the quarterbacks they play, it'd be one thing if the Saints were in the AFC West, I would be that thing. I mean, the worst. Who's the worst quarterback in that division? Mm. It's, yeah. I mean, who, you know, I think, is it Derek Carr? Is it Justin Herbert? Is it, is it Russell Wilson? It's not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the point is, like, the, their worst quarterback in their division could be the best in some others. I yes. mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole, the Saints are in the NFC South, and you got one good team and two bad ones. So I think that, I think that bodes well for the Saints this season. No doubt about it. Jamarcus Fitzpatrick is our guest. How can folks uh, follow you on social media?
1: Follow me at TV on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I believe, is the same way. And you can also follow me on TikTok. Hey, we're trying
0: different stuff,
1: I, seeing how this goes. I need,
0: to, I need to try to figure out TikTok. I have a TikTok profile, but I don't think i put anything on it. <laughs> you just got it. I spoke. got like one skit on it, but like, I don't, I just, I mean, dude, I'm in my 40s with three young kids, like, uh. <laughs> I need, I need that that youthful exuberance like you got. But congrats. I mean, you, you got married recently.
1: Yes, I did, man. Love of my life.
0: Jasmine,
1: I love you. If you're listening to this, I love you. Um, it was it was great uh, getting a chance to go back home, um, get married, be around so many people. I think I was talking to Seth before I left, and one of the things he said was just to soak in the moment at one point. Um, and I did. I was kind of just sitting back during the reception and I looked around and I saw all the people there from her family and my family, and I just you know thought about how blessed we were, um, and you know was just so thankful. And then we turned up a little bit at the reception, and it was it was all good, man. How, what, did Seth dance? He actually was not there. See, he, oh, he wasn't. Were, they were not there because they had to hold down the fort here.
0: That's for true. Me. That's true. I didn't think about that. They you did. know, I mean, that's but Seth they got Lewis. me a wedding gift, and that's, that was that was nice. That's Seth Lewis. I mean, what a, what a jerk that guy is, huh? <laughs> That's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> One of the nicest, most genuine people I know, uh, Seth. You, you, I, I'm sure you've interacted with Dan McDonald, obviously. I love when people are like, they bring up Dan, and I'm like, God, that guy, what a what a jerk. <laughs> and oh every now gosh. and then it works for like a second. Did I, like, I really? Told, I told Yvette Gerard <laughs> that once, and then yeah. she looked at me, and then she realized I was joking, and we laughed. You, when you say it about like the nicest people, yeah. it's funny, but I was like, yeah, man you're actually so talking to Dan like I don't know about that guy she's like excuse me and I started laughing she's like oh okay I get it now <laughs> a shout out to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer Dan McDonald we're gonna take a quick time out when we come back Jamarcus and I are gonna do an on five draft underrated that's the name of it you can go a lot of different places with it underrated on five we might have to have, like, a number of honorable mentions today. since Because this is, I think, the first time I've done an on-five draft with just one other person. It's yeah. usually three or four. Yeah. There are a lot of underrated things out there. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You
1: to your radio station. Chuck
0: Welcome back into the great Scott show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Jamarcus Fitzpatrick is in the house. Happy to have him on. Been working on it for a while. You guys know him from all the great work he and the crew do over at KTC TV3. You know the Beastie Boys are?
1: I've We're not really.
0: You've heard of them? I've heard of them. Okay. Yeah. That's something. I mean, you're in your early 20s, mid-20s, so yeah. most people are like, eh, I don't know. Well, you can always you can always tell someone's age when I ask them their favorite Beastie Boys song. <laughs> when it's someone your age, they're like, I, I, got, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Remember I asked Seth. He actually, he did have like one or two. He's like, I mean, I, I can't give you a deep cut. I mean, I remember like a few. You yeah. know? But um, yeah, then you ask someone like, Jake Delome and they're like, oh man, wait. Billy Navy was like, where do I start? You know? <laughs> and as like, you know, Shane Valley's like, I've never heard of that in my life. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't is. know what you're talking about. I have no, I'm like, dude, they're, you know, rock and roll hall of fame, you know, early hip-hop group. He's like, I I got nothing. Here's here's what you're gonna find, Jamarcus. Not I am not, I don't want to ever be one of those guys that's like, when you get older. But I'll I'll just say this. I feel like when it comes to music, by the time I hit 30 i kind of just not even realizing it i just stopped like listening to new music or like even trying to and i I, it wasn't like something i was cognizant of i just stopped like i would still i I might see an artist on snl or somewhere and be like oh that's good or i might walk down the hall here and hear something on you know 107.9 or something and be like that's kind of catchy who is that and they'll tell me but like i don't i'm not out there like trying to hear new stuff like i'm I'm sometimes trying to discover old music like yes. it's new music. Yeah. So as soon, it was really like I was like, was it around 2011, so I'm like, yeah, right around when I was hitting my 30s. I was like, I, I, I it doesn't even bother me. But when like I hear like, when I'm like talking to like young players that like you are whatever and like I'll ask them, you know Who, what's what what are you listening to now? You know what are you streaming? What's on the iPhone? Whatever. And they tell me I'm like never like heard of no them. no <laughs> no clue like absolutely nothing
1: i think i was looking at the b t awards uh the other day Yeah. and it was a girl she was just screaming the whole time <laughs> what is this i don't you I don't what, do you remember the artist i don't i don't know i don't even know who she was cuz i changed the channel after i saw
0: that I, <laughs> she's literally just screaming uh yeah, turn this off. There it is. All right, so you're not there. Are you there yet? Or are you I mean what do you what do you like to listen to?
1: Kind of a little bit, man. I I like I like some Drake. Um Sorry, never mind the new album he just came out with. The only reason I really really listen to it is because I go on Twitter and everybody's like this is trash. The title of the album is perfect because honestly, never mind. Why would you listen to this? Um it's okay. It's some it's some vibing type of music. Uh but I mean Drake Loves to dabble in different stuff like that. Um, I like gospel. Um, of course, hip-hop rap. Um there you go. Dabble. I dabble, I dabble a little bit in the in the country, just a, just oh, a yeah. little bit. Just oh yeah. Stick your toe in the water, just a little bit, dabbling okay. into it. Uh Tennessee Whiskey, I like that one. Now that
0: I don't listen to country, yeah. but I love that song. Yeah. that's a great song. Yeah. People are like, you like country? I'm like, no, but. Tennessee whiskey by chris stable they're not like you know garth brooks like his classics i'm like i could i could listen to that sure yeah but if you ask me you know what's hot on the country on 973 the dog right now i'm like i got i got i got nothing yeah. i got nothing i'm sorry i you know it's just i guess it's part of getting older so i respect the djs that stay in certain formats and don't age out you know i've seen a lot of djs like back when i was in new orleans i've was like a chain of like oh you'd start on this station then you just moved to this station you never really grew with the music you kind of just stayed with Mm -hmm. your music if you were older then you'd suddenly be on the classic station and as you got older you'd be on the oldies and the guys that just stay and continue and all like if you have a friend that's a dj and you're trying to hear new music just go to them and ask them yeah if you care enough i guess i don't so but here we are (laughs) um gospel music i have an uncle that loves gospel there's a gospel station in new orleans and mm-hmm. he like hosts a show on sundays oh wow at um gosh one of the fest jazz fest maybe voodoo one of the recent fest in new orleans they yeah. like he was always in the gospel tent and they presented him with some award and they like <laughs> sent a picture out it's funny it was he's he's you know he's the one white guy like in the church and yeah. he's out there just belting it and yeah he's, but he's done that for like I don't know, 30 years, wherever yeah. he's lived. That's great. The man loves, like, I, I don't know a lot about gospel. You mentioned gospel, but I know somebody that that's, that's all Yeah, he listens to, man. Yeah. But it's its whole genre. I mean, it's...
1: It is, man. It's, it's, it's soul into it. You can feel it. Uh, it tells the story just like all music. Uh, you just got to love it. It's a journey when you're listening to it.
0: There you go. It sounds like you grew up on it a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: I was very involved in the church. Uh, still am right now. Um, and just I just love listening to people that have been through things and have discovered how life can teach you lessons, and then they can put it into a song too, and it has a catchy beat. Sign me up. I there you there. go.
0: Good stuff, Jamarcus Fitzpatrick. I guess. All right, we're gonna do an on five segment of things that are underrated. The only rule, Jamarcus, in this is that we can't um, we can't do the same thing. Okay. Typically, it'd be a snake draft. Well, it will be a snake draft, even though it's just you and I. Yeah, We'll do it that way. Do you want to go first or second, or it doesn't matter? I'll go second. All right, all right. I'm just going to lead off with my man Pierre Thomas first. I mean, people that listen to the show know he's my guy. He was on here yesterday. Saints fans love him. I always felt that he was underrated and underappreciated around the league. I think he's the best screen running back of all time. He did so many of the little things, and so it's not a surprise that I would – I would go there. Uh, I would go there first. But yes, Pierre Thomas would be no one else's first pick in the underrated right. draft, but mine. But I don't care. I'm sticking with yeah. it. I'll go with PT. For me, I'm going to stick with running back,
1: and I'm going to go back to my childhood team. Rest in peace to him, Marion Barber, ah, okay. who was a beast, he was. running people over. Um, he was yeah. He was that guy. And then touchdown you, machine. Touchdown man. machine. If you need it. Two yards, you hand it off to Marion Barber, no doubt about it.
0: Now, calling someone underrated on the Cowboys, is that kind of an oxymoron, though? Because they're going to get a lot of shine just by being on the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, but was there ever a year where you were
1: like, man, Marion Barber, he's going to lead that team? I don't think they were ever Probably not. That. No, no.
0: There wasn't a year like that. One Pro Bowl for him, but uh, no, he was hes one of those guys where you just get sore watching him run over people. Yeah. All right, you get two in a row snake draft. <sighs> so is it the same topic? It could be it's any, literally anything that you think is underrated. Anything. Wow. That's a. Uh... Right. Right. Hmm.
1: Wow. I'm going to stick with running backs. And I'm going to go into that division and say Brandon Jacobs
0: back in the day. Okay. Louisiana boy. Grew up in Louisiana and two hundred and sixty pounds, big guy. And four. Auburn had Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, Brandon Jacobs, mm-hmm. another guy named Trey, something I don't remember Smith. Maybe poor guy. I mean, he was he was like a good SEC back, but it's like, bro, no one's gonna remember you with these three guys. <laughs> that was uh, they had quite a backfield back in the day. Okay, Brandon Jacobs, there you go. All right, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm not going to go sports here. My second pick, when you get, like, a nice letter in the mail, like, handwritten, Mm -hmm. I don't mean, like, a bill or, like, you know, I'm not even talking about. Not even a postcard. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends. A postcard could be cool if it, but, like, when someone takes the time to, like, actually write you a letter, and when you're not expecting it, like, it's one thing if your nephew's like, thanks for the graduation gift. Hmm. I'm going to eat all the sandwiches with this Subway gift card. <laughs> like, that's nice. I mean, I'm glad they took the time. But that, I mean, like, when you're just not expecting it and it's like, wow. Because, like, no one does that anymore. Yeah. You know? Like, you not don't know. even really think about it. It just takes you. Appreciate if you just got, like, Thanks, a letter bro. in the a handwritten letter in the mail from, like, a, a dear friend that, like, just was like, hey, just thinking about you, whatever, like, I feel like it would make your day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going got, to, I got that one as something that's underrated. Everybody would enjoy it, but no one ever thinks about, like, that being really cool. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, I'm going to go with uh, Rip Hamilton. Mm. I think Rip was such Shout a out to him. good NBA player. And I, I'm not saying he didn't get shined. I mean, he was an all-star. No one ever was like, let me tell you something, one of the best players in the league is Rip Hamilton. His cardio was, it, it was just second to none. Running off He's those screens. He's just like, I'm just going to run the entire game, the entire game and never stop. And he didn't. He would run the the opponents to death, and he just had the mid-range game down perfect. And it worked, and And he won a ring, and he was, I think, and a team of, of really good players. And I know Ben Wallace was like, you know, I know he's in the Hall of Fame, and he was the defense player of the year. I think Rip was the best player on those great Pistons teams. Yeah. And I, I just feel like he's a little underrated. You know, you just think of the mask, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was good. It's like He was better than good, guys. I don't, he's, he's number three on my list. Okay, let's
1: go. We've all done this. Those moments when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look over at your clock and you see that you have some time left, thats a couple cool. of hours, you think it is, you know, in your mind, you're thinking my alarm is about to go off and you roll over. You're like,
0: I got three more hours of sleep. That's great. I'm going to roll back over. Jamarcus, that's an excellent pick. That right there is an, <laughs> an amazing you know, working mornings, man. When that alarm hits at you know five fifteen, it it can be brutal. Yeah. When you wake up and it's three, and you're like, "Oh God, I'm mm. have to get out of bed." Like, oh. it, there, there's like an exhale. Yeah. And then you roll back over. I like it. No one's. I, I like where your mind's at. No one's going to think waking up in the middle of the night's even a good thing. I could tell you're a positive guy. You're like, not only is it a good thing. Here is here's why it's underrated. His,
1: his why is underrated.
0: His, all right. What else you got? Oh man,
1: hmm. I'm gonna go. Wow, I'm on the clock and I'm running out of time.
0: I already know I am. No, it's mm. all. Good. It could be anything. Music, actor, movie, actress, food. I know.
1: Um, in terms of actor, I'll say Forrest Whitaker.
0: It's my. He's my favorite actor of all time.
1: People, people, he he plays in good roles, but I don't think a lot of people are out there saying, putting him up there with Will Smith, and, uh, the,
0: well, of course you are. He's my favorite actor. Anybody that's listened to me a long time actually knows that, but, yes. no, I, I know Forrest's whole filmography. I mean, I remember him back in the 80s when he was just in his early 20s. I mean, Good Morning Vietnam, and Platoon, and Bloodsport, and it's like, stakeout, it's like, look at this guy, they needed Bird, and, you know, Clint Eastwood directed that, and it was like, this guy's not just a football player on Fast Times Derrish Mountain High. Like, he's extremely talented. So, yeah, you've – well, see, Marcus, you're, you're – you're, I think you're winning right now. You <laughs> you do more sleep followed by Forrest Whitaker. What's your favorite Forrest Whitaker movie? The Butler. I love that movie. Yeah, he was great in that I movie. I love that movie. He was – wow. I was really excited when he won for for Last King of Scotland, man, just seeing him get that. I mean, they love him in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. he's you know he's he's done he's done a lot in his career and uh it's good to see he's still working and i was talking to norman Locke, who used to my friend Norman used to be all and i was telling him about forrest whitaker and he's like you mean the guy with like the lazy eye i was like <laughs> how dare you i was like what? he didn't even he's like that's him right he's like he hadn't really done much he's like he's in black Panther." i'm like "That had not done much like you better show some respect <laughs> and then he just started making fun of a and i got i got I got way too heated. I, he was like, Scott, I'm, we're just, it's radio. Calm down. I was like, I will not calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, things that are underrated, I'm going to say, <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. I'm going to go a few actors here. I'm going to say Sean William Scott. Hmm. Okay. Most of you just know him as Stifler from the American Pie movies. This guy is a lot more than that. He's got a pretty good filmography. And anytime you see him go serious, it actually works. He's kind of like, I would describe him, Jamarcus, as like Chris Pratt's in a ton of stuff now. And he's like charming and he's funny. That could have been showing him Scott. He just was, he kind of came up at a time where Hollywood wasn't going for that kind of leading man. But he should have had that kind of career. And now he's just, you know, he's on like a little comedy on Fox or something that's trying to be like The Office, but instead it's like a small town in Ohio. (laughs) And it's okay. But he's, I always feel like, highly underrated. And my last one, I'm going to go um, Keith David, mm. the actor. You know who Keith David is? I do not. Um, so he is he's got like a great voice. He was in like a bunch of movies I watched when I was young, like Minute Work, Article 99. Uh, you ever seen Dead Presidents? Yes. So he is not Lorenz Tate, but the other guy. Okay. Got the mustache, great voice. He, mm-hmm. I think he voices like the Navy commercials. Mm-hmm. And he's still in stuff, like, all the time. But he's, he's, he's one of those guys, like, his filmography is like 100 movies. Yeah. Usually not a lead, but then you see him and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, yeah. he's, he's awesome. He's been around a long time. Still going strong. I got uh, Keith David as very underrated. And you've got one more pick. Okay. I'm going to go
1: appetizers at restaurants. People always go... And they go there and they say, I know exactly what I want to order. Let me order it now. I am a guy that when I go and sit down to eat, I have to look at the appetizers. Because sometimes you go to a restaurant and you're like, they have fried pickles. I'd like to try that. Give them to me. Give them to me. Give them to me. Give them, give them they to have me. boudin
0: balls. I want that along with my steak. Queso. Queso. Give me some. I, I oh I wouldn't call queso underrated because I think everyone loves it. Yeah, but like appetizers, man. I give I'll order them. All. They have one of those like samplers. Oh like, man, we oh, we we got all the apps. All right, I'll take it. I'll and take
1: sometimes it. if you do it well enough, that's might that might have to be the only thing you order. All
0: right, so mm-hmm. let's go. Let's go draft within the draft. What is an underrated appetizer? Whew, wow. Hmm. <laughs> Calamari maybe. Calamari is good. Spinach and artichoke dip or like, yeah, I feel like, so you said fried pickles. That's a good one. Or like stuffed mushrooms. They're usually not like the first. Someone sees queso or like wings or, you know, down here, a lot of places have, you know, crawfish or not crawfish, excuse me, uh, alligator, you know, whatever. Like those are kind of popular down here. But like, I don't know. Do people go to like the spinach and artichoke dip first? I'm going to go the potato skins.
1: From TGI Fridays. Okay, okay. With the cheese and the bacon on it.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't eat a TGI Fridays. But You've I'll never had that before? it before. Never oh.
1: had it. No. Go to the store. They have them in the frozen <laughs> section, and they're just as good. Okay. And All instead right. of the sour cream, switch it out for ranch. Game changer.
0: All right. Other things that I think are underrated: uh, butterscotch. Mm. Not like. The little yellow-wrapped hard candy. Not (laughs) Not like that. that. I mean, like, in general, like, butterscotch as a flavor. Yeah. Don't sleep on it, guys. You might be out there like, no. When was the last time you had butterscotch on anything? It's good. Trust me. I'm just telling you. It's really good. Um, What else is underrated? I mean, shoot, we could go on and on. But um, I don't know. Like, a soft drink out of a glass bottle underrated mm. you ever have like a diet coke and it's one of those like eight ounce cold bottles that yeah. you see you know like hospitals and like places yeah. like that and you can buy it to the store it costs you a little more i'm telling you it tastes different it tastes a little different than when you it's have it out better. of the fountain or the can or the plastic bottle um anything else come to your mind for underrated before we wrap it up Hmm. let's see let's see can't think of nothing right now. Okay. Can't think of nothing right, right now. We got, we got, um, that is our on five of underrated. Jamarcus had Marion Barber, Brandon Jacobs. More sleep is in when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at your clock and you're like, Oh, I got a couple more hours. Forrest Whitaker and appetizers. And then in particular, he says potato skins for TGI Fridays. Absolutely. Pierre Thomas for me. Mail that you just get, like a handwritten letter that's really nice that you're not expecting. Rip Hamilton, Sean Williams, Scott, and Keith David. Very random group there. <laughs> Honorable mention: Butterscotch, Hibachi. Is Hibachi underrated?
1: I don't think so. I think people, okay. I think it's a,
0: properly rated. That's properly rated. Properly rated. Okay. Okay. Angela Bassett. Underrated. Properly rated. Overrated. No, she's she's one of the goats. I think she's. she's under, I think I, I, I'm with you. She, but she ghost. doesn't really get called goats by, like, the masses. Right. You know? Like, right. you, 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 some would regard her as what, well, but I think she's one of the all-time great actresses. No, no doubt about it. She's in there. Um, okay. I think we're good. I think, we've, I think we've done it. That is our On 5 Draft with Jamarcus Fitzpatrick from KTC TV3. Jamarcus, how can they follow you on social media?
1: Follow me at jfitztv across all of the social media platforms. TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm always posting content. Always talking about the Cajuns, LSU, Saints, whatever you could think of. Louisiana sports. I probably have you covered.
0: There you go. That is Jamarcus Fitzpatrick. Check out everything he, Megan, Seth, and the crew are doing over at KTC TV3. I'm Scott Prather. This Friday edition of the Great Scott Show will wrap it up with a what to watch this weekend coming your way next right here. On ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sport.